Welcome back to the Section K Podcast. Today's Tuesday, June the 18th. On today's show, we quickly recap the champions from the non-pro plus the open in Ardmore, Oklahoma, as well as the Pacific Coast Derby in Las Vegas, Nevada. Then we read you some of our favorite movie submissions from some of our listeners. After that, we chat about some of our favorite horses of all time or some horses that have meant a lot to us since we began cutting. This episode of the Section K podcast is brought to you by Dennis Moreland Tack. Tack handcrafted by Cowboys for Cowboys for 43 years and counting. Since 1976, Dennis has built high-quality tack for training, working, and showing. Get the best. Get your tack at Dennis Moreland Tack. Visit www.dmtac.com. Well, guys, we've had tons of cutting action going on across the U.S. of A. here recently. America. The non-pro in Ardmore just finished up. The Pacific Coast Derby out in Las Vegas just concluded. And, hell, we even had the Texas High School Finals in Abilene, Texas just wrapped up. So congratulations to all the Texas High School finalists that are heading to nationals this year. But, hey, first and foremost, it's nice to have everyone back together again. I know I was gone last week, headed to Bandon Dunes. Shout out Will Rutherford. We had a good reason to take a great golf trip, played I think 116 holes of golf. Wow. Walked every single last one of them. So Wowzers. that was fun to do. Shout out Will Rutherford and Blake Braun for joining every step of the way. And shout out Ronnie. He was my caddy for the three days. <laughs> Got to be around Bandon Dunes, Pacific Dunes, Old Mac, and Bandon Trails like a seeing eye dog. So it was nice to have some local knowledge on the bag. And we had a great trip. So big thanks to Cody and Colburn for taking the reins last week and – putting together a great show they did awesome word homie it's glad i'm glad to have you back here though yeah thanks for returning and taking taking the reins over again yeah i know it's it's always nice whenever we can all three join one another i feel like our shows are a whole lot more fun when we can give one another a hard time and i think that's going to be in order today with some of the stuff we're talking about get into to my movie list and get into some other favorite type of stuff chat we'll kind of get into that here later on but uh yeah first and foremost the non-pro crowned a handful of champions i know colburn provided us a pretty solid update last week let us know that there were just tons of people there tons of new faces tons of new rigs parked all over the place our good friend matt miller i'm counting on annie owned by holy cow performance horses marked 222 won the four-year-old open in the mid-level west ashlock smart sugar kitty for Buck Creek Quarter Horses, marked a 222. And in the limited, Christian Miller rode SDP Ruby Tuesday, marked a 219 for SDP Buffalo Ranch. In the 5-6 open, Lloyd Cox. The GOAT. Rode second spot for Gary Barker, marked a 226. In the mid-level, Old Dave Stewart. Cheshire the Cat for Jeff Neidhart, Stewie. marked a 220. And in the limited, Corey Deal and Jazzeray for the over 40 ranch, marked a 222. In the four-year-old non-pro, Christina Cox, Backstreet Cat, continued their winning the ways. The goat's wife. Marked a 222 mm-hmm. for that championship. In the mid-level, Dustin Adams, hottest for you. Duster. 216, won the mid-level title. And in the limited, Amy Larson, high-talking money. Not related to Colburn Larson. Yeah, Rowdy Larson's lovely wife. Nice to see uh, someone that works super hard behind the scenes yep. picking up a championship at the non-pro. So good for her. Very cool. It's awesome. In the 5'6 non-pro, 
We had co-champs, Blake Hyde on CC Capricious and Missy Jean Etheridge on Ray 2 Purdy. Each of them marked 222s to win the 5-6 non-pro in the mid-level. Whitney Hall and Lucky Ned Pepper marked a 221. And in the 5-6 limited, betting she's a cat and Nicole Anderson marked a 214 for that championship. Our amateur competition. In the four-year-old amateur, the 50-am, Xavier Rodriguez in one more try marked a 219 for that championship. In the unlimited amateur, Tracy Shahady and Groovy Kind of Love marked a 219 for that title. And last but not least, the 5-6 amateur in the 50-am, Bill Carter and Metallic Tracks marked a 221. And in the unlimited amateur, shout out Reagan Plendel, Cat's Lightning Facebook Ray. Viral. 225. Shot. One of the coolest pictures I've seen of a cutting horse in a long time. That picture's nuts. Yeah, like, Colburn, that's so cool. Colburn sent us that picture last night, and I could not believe my eyes. Big shout out Lauren Middleton for capturing Cat's Lightning Ray in their absolute element count up and absolutely slanging dirt, as yeah. CBO would say. That. That's one thing that when you get a, when there's an action shot that is that cool and you can see the dirt flying around, that's when you say slanging dirt. Yeah, and look, I couldn't believe how hard that horse was. St- I mean, just freaking hitting it, yeah. cowed up, like just an banana overall, land. Yeah, unbelievable picture. So yeah, I know everybody that I talked to, Colburn had a great time in Ardmore. Looked like the non-pro plus the open was a pretty successful show overall. At the Pacific Coast Derby out in Las Vegas, I don't feel sorry for anyone that had to go out to Vegas for an extended period of time. Always a good time to go spend, what is it, 10 to 12 days at the South Point. So hopefully everyone's recovering from an extended stay at the South Point and a long stint of happy hours. T's and P's, everybody. (laughs) T's and P's. Up there behind the Lopen Arena. But uh, in the four-year-old open, DMAC dogfather Clint Allen marked a 226 for David and Stacy McDavid to win the Open Derby. I know CBL, you've kind of been on that horse most of the year. What'd you think about Clint finally, finally picking up a championship on old DMAC dogfather? Yeah, so at the Super Stakes, that was the horse that I had picked to win the finals, and actually Evan Moffitt was the one at the Futurity that first said that. That was a good horse, and I watched him there, and I was just like, dang, right, that is a sweet horse. And it's just really cool to see uh, Clint go out there and do really good on that horse. It's a really cool Kit Kat sugar. In the intermediate, medalistic Cookie Banuelos marked a 223 for his lovely wife, Katie Banuelos. In the limited four-year-old SJR Kit Kat Ruby and Zeb Corvin marked a 219 for his owner, Stella Swanson. In the 5-6 open, Casey Green and Tally 8 continue their winning ways. Marked a massive 230 for the new owner, Shannon Lamb. Big Wowzers. shout out, Casey Green. I know I watched that run. That was one of the few runs I kind of saw kind of floating around there on Facebook, and that was an unbelievable run. That was awesome. The cows looked like they were testy, but just kind of testy enough to yeah. let old Tally 8 show off his stuff. That's a great horse. I know Shannon's had some success on him, and – Looks like Casey Green continuing his winning ways. In the intermediate, open five, six-year-old Queso Cat and Cookie Banuelos, low-key one of the best names around (laughs) in the cutting pin right now, if you ask me. Marked a huge 226 for his lovely wife, Katie Banuelos. 
And in the five six-year-old limited open, there's Zeb Corvin and Justice Scoot and Pepto, marked to 220 and a half for Swanson and Corvin as the owners. In the four-year-old non-pro, Jim Van Gilder, marked to 224 on CD's cool gun for the Open Derby Championship. In the intermediate, Bella Anderson and the Quack Shack, marked to 223. And in the four-year-old limited, there was a co-championship, Kimberly Irons on CR Rosie Tough Stuff and Emily Meyer on Count Smartly, each marked 216 and a half to split the championship. In the five, six-year-old non-pro, our good buddy Jacob Pinheiro and Hio Silver marked a 220 for that championship. And in the intermediate, Michelle Barnes and Caddy Blues lit up the pin with a 223. Melvin Riddles Heat won the 5-6 limited championship with a 222. And our amateur champions, four-year-old amateur, Tracy Woodward and Izzy in the intermediate. Robbie Gale and Sugar in My Shake continued their winning ways. After the Super Stakes, they marked a 225 to win the intermediate championship at the Pacific Coast Derby. And in the four-year-old limited amateur, Victoria Johnson, Smooth Duel and Cat marked a 218. In the 5'6 amateur, Christy Erickson marked a 225 on USS Tucker for that title. And in the intermediate, there's Michelle Barnes again. Caddy Blues marked a 226 for the 5-6 Intermediate Championship. And last but not least, winning the 5-6 Limited Amateur, Reagan Glenn and TF Cats Remedy. Also, another good part about Vegas, the 10,000 added open cutting. Good part for the weekend cutters. Those that are hauling have a shot to head out to Vegas and win a significant check. Adon Banuelos pedal to the metal, lit the arena up with a 229. Looked like that was a Pretty solid run. I watched that one on Facebook as well. Steve Anderson, Little Mac, marked a 225 in the non-pro. And Tracy Rolison marked a 220 on Captain Call to win the added amateur cutting at the Pacific Coast Derby. So congrats to all the winners at all the cutting events that were going on across the great U.S. of A. here the last couple weeks. Yeah, I think uh, we'll give you a break from talking now since you just <laughs> read all those results off. But good job with that. I think that uh, something that we have to think about is the amount of entries that were at both these cuttings. I mean, obviously, they're in two different parts of the world, so you're getting a lot of different people from different parts of the world. But the leveling system, I mean, it really boosted the entries, and there was a lot of people that went there to cut and, and go have fun, and, and it looked like they enjoyed it. Every, I mean, the PCCHA Derby in Vegas, it looked like everybody was having fun. I know they have the happy hours, and... They have the party with the Dave McGregor Award and all that. And congrats to Phil Benetton for winning that. That's a huge honor. The Pacific Coast has been doing that for a long time. And a lot of people from out here might not know who Dave McGregor is, but he was kind of – he was the godfather out there in California for, for a long time. I know Dad and him hauled against each other in the Open one year. And, and he's just been uh, a big staple of, of cutting horse trainers out in California. So that's a huge honor for Phil to – to win that award so wanted to shout out phil and, and congratulate him on that also you know the leveling for the open i just absolutely love i just you just see the videos on facebook of what people are saying about uh does just giving us not as high quality horses a good chance to go and show but i think also it just gives a lot of these riders that just need a, a little bit fairer of chance to get started and get rolling and to get some confidence and then they can just build momentum off that and 
and then they'll be able to go through the ranks and then by the time where they can only show in the open it they will actually be ready to be in that spot because i mean before the leveling these open trainers when you start you're you're going to these age events and before you're ready riding just going and showing you're having to compete with the lloyd cox's austin shepherds and this this now just gives them an opportunity to do some good and get that confidence and all that show experience um, while they're young or just getting them the better chance. And so that it'll just help prepare them when, when they can only show in the open against yeah. the big dogs. Yeah, and sometimes too, I mean, we saw it at the non-pro, people that are entered in the limited, entered in the intermediate, sometimes do make the big open finals. I know yeah. Cass, Cass made the 5-6 open finals on – I think one of Ty's old horses. I don't think it belongs to Ty anymore, but I mean, he was in the, either it was the intermediate or the limited, but he was in both finals. So, I mean, it can happen, but it's also nice that whenever you don't make the big open finals to still kind of have that consolation of getting a check in the limited or, or being able to go show your horse in the finals, whether it be the limited or the intermediate. So I agree. I think the leveling has been great and all the testimonials on Facebook, whether it be from Clay Johnson or whether it be from our friend Davide that works over at the Rose Valley, look like everybody kind of enjoyed the leveling and, and thought it was a, a real positive here at the last two shows that we've seen it tried at. I think that's what we just got to keep going off of. I mean, positive shows and, and, happy customers i mean if people are liking it and, and people are wanting to wanting to come cut then we got to keep looking at at something and the entries speak for themselves uh and another thing is you know like at, at vegas it what what did it take to make the four-year-old finals a Cody? lot a four thirty-nine and a half maybe let me pull that up real quick i know it's yeah, a 442 I, in the in the five and six-year-old so with that being that high, there's not even that many horses that can score that high, you know. But having this middle class, that you don't go home with a lump in your throat because you know your your horse was good enough to make the finals. I mean, there's an, there's another spot for some of those guys to go show, even though it's taken over a 440 to make the the big dogs class. Yeah, it took a four thirty nine and a half to make the four year old. That is open an avalanche of points PC, at the PCCHA Derby. That, that is just bananas. Yeah. That's, that's bananas. No, I agree. And and that's the thing is is cutting is so tough right now from Very. all levels. The Very. horses are are at the top. The right. I mean, you have to be one of the top riders to do good too. And and this leveling, it just. It helps spread the wealth and it helps pay more people and well, just get more people excited. I mean, yeah, and I mean, you've been to Vegas when those limited or intermediate finals are going on. They're just—I mean, it's just as just loud in as there. Fun. Everybody's having fun and and rooting on the guys that they want to win, and and it's it's awesome. Yeah, no, guys or gals, I can think of one instance. I mean, Ashley Bosak that has worked for Morgan Cromer. Whenever she had the multiple horses in the finals, and I think went first and second or first and third like that was a cool part of the show it's another exciting finals to watch and like i said it gets everybody excited and it gets people talking and, I don't and know, that was just... a huge moment for her career yeah exactly exactly two people that are good friends of mine and and listen to the show they got to show in the 
five, six-year-old limited open, Jacob Haddon and Brandis Langston, and they both ended up second. And that's another – I mean, those guys have been working hard for a long time, and there's there's plenty of guys just like them or Ashley that can go down there and, and show these horses and, and do good, and, and it just helps them further their career in cutting. So. Yeah, they just need They're a sure. shot. That's all they need. Everybody, I mean, everybody just wants a shot, and that's all you need is – a chance to go down there and prove yourself. And I think if we can give as many people that are striving to be open trainers that opportunity, the more we'll see people and we'll see kind of our association reap the benefits. So I agree. I think the leveling overall, pretty solid addition to these shows. Another cool thing I saw going on here recently was the Texas high school finals. Shout out Chaser Crouch and Ryan Packard, both big time youth cutters in the NCHA won the boys and the girls cutting respectively. I know I participated in the Texas high school finals, never made it to nationals, but it was always fun to go to Abilene and spend a week at, at the Taylor County Expo and kind of see what that whole lifestyle is like. But we do have a three-time boys cutting national champion what? on our show, and he's actually on our show every week. You may not know about that. You may not know that about him, but it's Mr. Cody Heaven. I didn't. <laughs> Cody, what do you remember from, from like high school rodeo cutting? Man, it was fun. It was – you didn't see the same people that you saw at cuttings all the time, so it was a, a different atmosphere. And, and those kids, just like, just like the kids in our industry grow up in cutting, those kids grew up in rodeo. I mean, there's a lot of their dads that are multiple-time world champions and – I mean, it's it's just cool to interact with a, a different side of Western horsemanship yeah, or, or performance horsemen. horses. Yeah, exactly, and and it's it's just a different atmosphere, and and the scheduling is is crazy, especially for nationals, because I mean you have over eighteen hundred kids, I think, that come and go to those national championships, and the way the first go round works, first and second go rounds work is is the second go-around is completely opposite of the first go-around. So if you drew up on Monday in the first go-around, you don't show again until like Thursday or whatever. And so then you just have all that week to go to the dances and hang out with your friends. They got all kinds of stuff going on. and Drive and golf a, carts. Yeah, it's just a fun time. And, and we had a lot of fun, and I met a lot of cool people doing it uh, that don't even have anything to do with cutting horses. And, and that was a, a lot of – a lot of fun growing up and and I've always encouraged people that in the cutting horse industry if they're about to start high school rodeo I always try to encourage them to do it because I was a perfect example the first year I did it I was like man this is silly like I don't want to do this like I don't want to come over here to these high school cuttings I'm hauling for the world in the 20,000 non-pro and I was really really focused on that and then I made I made state my freshman year and then I think I was third or fourth that first year and made it to nationals and the whole time at state and nationals was awesome. And I had a, a blast. Yeah, what so about you, runs? Do you have any runs you remember from that that were fun or, or oh, really good runs? Did you show straight shot play gun? No, I never showed him, uh, at any high school cuttings. I showed my other guild that I had called shut up and cut. I remember that one. And uh, that's a good name. (laughs) That's a good name for a horse. My freshman year, I think, was was probably one of the most fun because I had no expectations going into it. Um, 
and there's obviously you're the youngest. I mean, you're a freshman and all the other kids are either your age or older. And so you look up to a lot of them. And I remember there's a bunch of good horses there. I think, I feel like Austin Adams showed Boone's Mall Doctress and marked a pair of 25s in, in the first and second go around. And, Wowza. And I think I marked a 22 and a 27 and maybe a 27 or a 28 in the finals. And, and it was, there was a lot of good runs that first year, though. There was a couple other people that had some really nice horses that would actually win at a cutting it's not i mean people think of high school rodeo horses and i think that these penny-eared nags that you just throw somebody on and go down there but not for nationals it's, it changes a little bit at nationals and and it was that freshman year though that was probably the most fun because i i had low expectations for my whole time there but then after winning it and then and then having so much fun i couldn't wait to go back again and and so that's probably Oh, I guarantee you there were some pin of over there in Abilene whenever I was. Oh yeah, no, and <laughs> I mean school. those those horses do get thrown out there. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but not not when you get to nationals. Yeah, you know at nationals it's people even go the get cream horses. Of the crop. Yeah, I mean it's just like the world finals for the cut. I mean, I will never forget watching some saddle bronc rider in Abilene putting on his red shaps and goes to put on a different bridle to go show and. This son of a gun did buck around the arena before he <laughs> walked to the herd. That's like my most vivid memory of being in that horse barn in Abilene. So, hey, shout out all of our high school radio contestants and good luck at nationals for all of you that are going to be competing up there. Yeah, and I don't know where it is, but make sure you find the, the little chicken on a stick shack. And if you've had one before, you know what I mean. If you haven't had one, you better find that little shack that sells the chicken on a stick because – you ain't going to want to miss it. <laughs> That's no joke, by the way. Yeah, no, I believe that. It makes me hungry. <laughs> CBL, you got a world standings update for us? I sure do. 2019 world standings update. 2000 limited rider, second Aaron V. First, Aiden Bernhagen. 5000 novice non-pro, second. This is a third rider, Christine King. First, dual rider, Catherine Whitby. 5,000 novice horse. Second, PRF, Smooth Cat Ruby. Riders, Monty Button and Tim Smith. First, this is a third, Mike Wood. 25,000 novice horse. Second, Cool CD and Tance Bryant. First, Pepto Scootman and Tim Smith. The 15,000 amateur. Second, Raven Benjamin. First, Aaron Sullivan. 35,000 non-pro. Second, James Fiegel. First, Galvin Clark. 50,000 amateurs, second, David Harp, first, Corey Rousey. And the top five for the junior and senior youth world standings, these standings are set for the world finals that will be taking place during the Summer Spectacular in July. Junior youth, top five, fifth, Barrett Freeland, 56 points, fourth, Brindley Lippincott, 64 points, third, Emma Rapp, 81 points, second, Lindy Polk, 117 points in a one-point lead on Lindy Polk for first in the junior youth world is Charles Gann, 118 points. Senior youth, top five. Fifth, Ryan Rapp, 79 points. Fourth, Lexington Slaughter, 101 points. Third, Faith Ferris, 104 points. Second, Chaser Crouch, 113 points. And first in your senior youth world standings, Christina Huntley, 131 points. Non-pro top five, fifth, Holly Munch. 
15,400. Fourth, Elizabeth Quirk, 17,300. Third, Jill Roth, 19,200. Second, Mary Jo Milner, 19,300. First, Allie Good, 39,300. Open top five. Fifth, One Time at Night, Mike Wood, 15,000. Fourth, Something to Believe in and Brett McLaughlin, 15,500. Third, Too Smart a Cat, Tim Smith, 26,200. Second, Fancy Ray and Chris Hansen, 27,900. And currently leading your open world standings, CR, gotcha covered, and Taryn Rice, 43,800. Bam. Bam. Hey, I'm pretty excited for those Junior Youth World Finals if there's only a Both one- of those Youth Finals are pretty tight there at the yeah, top. Yeah, I mean, the one-point difference in the yeah. Junior Youth. We could see some shake-up there Let's in the top go. five, man. Hey, yep. look for Section K broadcasting doing some stuff during the nycha scholarship cutting during the youth world finals we will be there we will be watching we will be screaming for all the youth kids that are going to be shown in fort worth at the derby in 2019 word one more thing before we get out of the world finals talk we got to mention our buddy or my buddy these guys don't know him as much as i do but tim smith Congratulations on going over the $6 million mark. You heard his name a couple times there in those World Finals standings update. Um, That's a huge accomplishment, especially for somebody that's lived out in California. And, I mean, the purses haven't always been as big. And, and, I mean, he's he's been grinding. He's been one of the guys that I've watched show for a long, long time. And I've watched some cool runs, and I've got horses ready for him. And and that's just a really, really cool honor to – to have won over $6 million in the cutting pen. So I just want to give a quick shout-out to Tiny Tim Smith. Living legend. Yeah, congratulations to Tim Smith. Hell of an accomplishment. We interrupt this podcast to talk to you about one of our sponsors. Brazos Valley Equine Hospitals was founded by Dr. T-Bone Buchanan. His dedication and love for the equine industry has led the practice to develop multiple facilities across Texas, including Navasota, Stephenville, Salado, and Cyprus, and internationally in Brazil. As one of the largest practices in the state of Texas, their hospitals feature experts in sports medicine, reproduction, and alternative medicine, along with board-certified specialists in internal medicine, surgery, critical care, and emergency. At Brazos Valley Equine Hospitals, your horse's health is their passion. With the highest quality care available, their goal is to care for each patient from conception through retirement. As highly trained and dedicated professionals, they are committed to exceeding expectations and to helping each horse reach its full athletic potential. Visit them at bveh.com or on Facebook at Brazos Valley Equine Hospitals. So while you were away, Rudd, we had a little uh, top four movie list that we read off and just to kind of give the listeners a little little insight on the kind of movies we like. And, and uh, we told them that you'd be coming with yours this week. So uh, what you got for us? What's your top four movies, man? Well, I got a group of four movies in no particular order that without a doubt, if they're on TV or if I have the ability to watch these movies, whether I'm on a vacation, on a long flight, I'm definitely going to be picking one of these four. 
in no particular order, The Departed, great movie. It's like absolutely everyone and their dog is in that movie. It's yeah. awesome. <laughs> kind of shifting gears a little bit. This is probably the only sequel that is better than the original, in my opinion. Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Kevin McAllister. It's a good movie. Getting into all sorts of stuff, running yep. around the great... Making friends with the pigeon lady. Wonderful city of New York City. Yeah, that's just an unbelievable Christmas movie. But hey, I could watch that movie any day of the year. Wouldn't matter the instance. I will watch Home Alone 2. I haven't seen that movie in a while. I need to <laughs> check it out again. Um, another one actually just came on the other day, and I find my found myself watching every minute of it was Hardball. Yep. R.I.P.G. Baby. Oh. I'll be weeping. It's one of the best, baby. saddest movies. Every time. <laughs> every made time, me cry. Man. Every time. And then last but not least. MVP. Most valuable <laughs> pizza eater. Bam. <laughs> Dang. That's words to live by. <laughs> and last but not least, I'm a huge golfer, so Caddyshack. Absolutely love Caddyshack. That is a good movie, too. I know That's we a didn't good get list, a list. I know we didn't get a list from Phil Rapp, but that one would have been at the top of <laughs> his list. <laughs> yep. He's always he's talked about that movie forever. He loves that movie. So yeah, no, a big thanks to everyone that sent their list into. We yep. want to encourage. We're kind of going to be doing lists similar to that. We're going to get into some of our favorite horses here in a little bit. But whether you email us, whether you DM us on Facebook, comment on a post on Facebook, text us, Snapchat us, Instagram. Yeah, just send us a li- participate. We want to know what y'all think. Would love to read some stuff off like we're going to do. Nathan Newman, he sent a list of movies in one that caught my eye, Down the Fence. Shout out all the cow horse people. That's actually a really good documentary. If you haven't seen that about the NRCHA and specifically Aaron Toromino, it kind of follows her and kind of what goes into her day-to-day life and going to a show. I thought that was was a good one. and then Isn't that one on Netflix? It is on Netflix. Yep. Check that one out. Shout out Aaron just moved down here to Parker County yeah. as well. Yep. Um, he also had Happy Gilmore on there, another golf movie. And then Paul Smith, All the Pretty Horses, another great horse movie. And A Star is Born. Could, thought oh, I'd leave A Star a is Born one. for Paul Smith. So shout yeah. out those two guys for sending us an email. And then Katie Fachinconi over at, at RL Chartier Cutting Horses. She sent me a list of unbelievable movies. It was kind of hard for me to choose. Tommy Boy. That's just a classic. Chris All Farley, time, yeah. David Spade. R.I.P. Unbelievable movie, though. Another Best one. in peace. Yeah, I will watch that movie Yep. anytime, any day. <laughs> so big thanks to everyone that sent their movies in. Yeah, I got a couple lists myself. Uh, All the Pretty Horses, Jacob Haddon, that was one of his as well. Um, also a little California throwback because he is a Cali boy. He had All Eyes on Me, the <laughs> movie about Tupac. So had to do that one. Uh, Mike Wood from Combine, Texas. He sent me a list as well. Top Gun, Remember the Titans, All the Rockies, which I think that is it's like bananas. six. I don't know. I'm There's a, a lot Rocky of them. Fan, so I and know. the Kingsman. So, yeah, shout out to everybody that sent in their lists. Uh, we appreciate you guys participating and, and hanging out with us. And, uh, yeah. We want to know what y'all think. Yeah, exactly. Whatever it is, whether it is football stuff coming up or – Horses or I whatever, mean, yeah, whatever the list is. Man. We don't care, especially this think. next list we are going to do. We definitely want people 
commenting on the post or emailing us, like they said, but please be involved in this next chat we have because I think it's going to be good. With that being said, CBL, we're, this week we're going to do your top four horses of all time, and they are just the top four that mean the most to you. It doesn't have to mean that they're the top four money-winningest horses ever or anything like that, just ones that – uh, you personally had something to do with or um, personally remember watching runs of theirs and found yourself always trying to watch runs of theirs of, of, or some sort. So, CBL, what's your top four? Yep. So, I know that this first one, I don't know if either one of y'all will ex- expect it, but my during my high school years, this horse was consistently in the world finals. And it is George C. Murata, written by John Wool. I I just I remember in the World Finals or going to San Antonio or uh, San Antonio. I've never been to Houston, but uh, just seeing that horse, I was always drawn to watching that horse go. And he's an incredible gilding. Third, I don't have to do very much explaining on because we talked about it last week. But hashtags. I can't leave him off the list. And uh, two for me, actually, actually this isn't, isn't in any particular order. Uh, two for me, Miss Peppy Cat. Uh, Pete Branch won the world finals on her in 2008 and 2010. And I actually had the opportunity to show her in the non-pro youth one year and also at the summer show. And, you know, Pete had dominant years with her when he hauled. In 2008, he won 131,000. Uh, that was had before Mercurius. Yeah, that, and that's saying a lot because it's been broke three times by now. But it was around 100,000 was what was the top at that time. Yeah, I remember and, that. But, you know, just – there's a small story with Miss Peppy Cat is when we went to the non-pro, my parents didn't even didn't say a word to me that I was getting to show her. And uh, I didn't lope her or nothing. It was literally me just getting on her and going to the herd. And this is the, the only time in my life that I've had this experience. Uh, but, I mean, it was like I was witnessing it out of body. I mean, it was the weirdest thing. I was so nervous. I don't, I don't remember cutting the cows, but I just remember putting my hand down in this stinking horse, like bolting you every time that she'd stop into the ground, like just jerking you and just completely taking over. Cause I literally wasn't doing anything. I wasn't even there. I was so mind blown that I was on her. Uh, but that was a special, special moment, uh, for me. And it will, be till the day I die. And then finally, Dulray Me, uh, one of the best gildings of all time, won 800000 in the show pin. And I actually was around that horse a lot towards the end of his career. And, uh, I mean, we all, everybody knows about Dulray Me. And, I mean, he was an awesome horse. But just me being around him and being able to see him, I was just like, 
every time you walk by him, you're like, wow, that is dual Ray me. And, you know, Jeremy and Candace Barwick, I don't know if there's anybody that takes better care of a horse than they do to dual Ray me. I mean, just mean, just because that, that horse has did everything. He's a gildan and doesn't necessarily have much to, he can do after he's done showing. And I mean, he, he lives uh, the best life. Uh, he's probably what, 20 now. And he's living the best life for Gildan, but that's my top foe. Oh, Reno. Yeah, I've seen his pasture over there in that's Stephenville. Crazy to think that he's twenty. That's yeah, nuts. Cody, what what are your list of some of your favorite horses? Well, in no particular order as well, because all these are hmm, pretty good horses. But uh, don't look twice. She was obviously no introduction. Everybody's heard of her. Lipstick. You know her. You remember that picture with Phil ripping the bridle off at Rancho after he had lost the cow, and she's just sitting there just cowed up, and he's smiling. And, and uh, yeah, I was I was working for Phil and Marianne when uh, that mare. I, 2008 was the first year I started working there, and she was a three-year-old. So I was there for her whole show career, and it was it – was, Really, really cool to be a part of and and just see all the greatness that she was. I mean, that would like have been talk, an awesome experience. Just like we talked about hashtags last week, and it was it's the same thing with me and don't look twice and just watching all her great runs and it was just it was just a time that I'll never forget. Uh, another horse that I had a lot of experience with and the Texas people will not probably remember this horse as much, but his name was, he's a Missouri doc and he was a Palomina gelding that, uh, a guy by the name of Bobby Kennedy showed on the West coast and the non-pro. And I think in the, on the Pacific coast, he won the non-pro maybe seven or eight years in a row. And Bobby was kind enough to let me show him one year or a couple times, actually not one year, but, and, uh, he was just, uh, he was a cool horse, and anybody that knows or remembers Bud, uh, they'll they'll appreciate that because Bud was one of a kind, and so was Bobby. And another horse that needs no introduction, Metallic Cat. I think uh, watching what he did his four-year-old year, I mean, was unlike any other. And it was, and what he's became after that, I think it's just really cool to see a horse in our lifetime that has impacted the cutting horse industry as much as he has. And this one's a little bit more personal, but Metellus cat couldn't go without. I was wondering, I was like, <laughs> oh, you can't, you didn't say anything you about Metallic cat siring your horse. So I figured that had to have been coming. So yeah, no, absolutely. What Cody. So tell, tell us what's, what's your favorite run that you had on Metellus cat. My favorite one ever uh, was probably my dad went in West Texas or when he won Rancho as a four-year-old. It'd have to be one of those two. Probably West Texas because dad and I both won the, the five, six-year-old at that show. And, and dad just came out there to show Alvin and and he came out there and won it. So Said what's was, up? Yeah. Give me that, that was, money. That was really cool. And then, I mean – 
I mean, no matter what, when a West Coast trainer comes out to Texas and whips up on the Texas guys, I mean, it's always cool to see because, I mean, Texas is the big dogs, but old Rocco will show them something from time to time. Hell yeah, he will. <laughs> Bet your ass he will. K Rudd, what you what, what you have going on in your list? Well, for me, one of my favorite horses of all time, for kind of different reasons than Cody, is Metallic Cat. First and foremost, that was the first Open Futurity Finals that I ever watched in person, and I just remember that run in the semi, that horse in the semis, and I remember just that horse in the finals and just how effortless it was for him. And that's pretty much what made me want to cut. So figured I had to say old Denver, old metallic cat. And then kind of that same full crop, um, checks out my Heine. She was another one that kind of stuck out to me. The first fraternity I ever went to, I remember in the semis, I actually called Dave Stewart to make sure this story was accurate from what I could remember but I think she was like first out in the semis and had a cow run out and she stayed hooked and like pretty much cattle were everywhere it was basically just a one of those deals where your horse a cluster was, yeah I mean your horse was awesome but nothing else was and I just remember seeing how erratic the cattle were and how erratic the situation was she just stayed hooked and it was super easy for her and I just remember watching I think she kind of got crippled later on in her career, but I just remember those two horses specifically at that fraternity are what made me want to cut and made me want to show fraternity horses at the big fraternity. So another horse that stuck out to me is Woody Be Lucky, the freak. Everybody has seen that horse work. And I mean, Dan Hansen, what he's done speaks for itself. He's just a great guy in general. And watching Dan on that horse, I mean, I would, walk across will rogers i mean hustle across yeah there. any any day of the week to watch that pair in the show pen i mean talk about effortless and just talk about doing cool stuff that that would he be lucky could do some unbelievable things in the in the show arena and, and last Dan handsome was a damn good showman yeah too. yeah and just a good guy too um last but not least kind of a horse you we kind of saw shown more in the non-pro, um, kind of all these horses are kind of newer age, I should say, with me kind of be being newer to the cutting. But another horse I would run across Will Rogers to watch show is Twistful Thinking and Cade Shepard. Um, you'd see that horse trotting around in the back or see him lead that horse in, and you're like, there's no way this horse is going to go mark a 225. Like, there's no way. Like, just looking at him, you were just... She was tiny. Yeah, I mean, there's just no way. And she could prove everyone wrong. I mean, I guarantee you if I took my brother in there and we started betting on horses, I would take that one nine times out of ten, and he'd be like, oh, you're stupid. <laughs> and nine times out of ten, you'd win that money. Exactly, exactly. So I, I can remember, I can't remember what super stakes it was. When he went first and second at the super stakes on some kind of highbrow and twistful thinking, and I just remember watching Cade kick on twistful thinking and the harder he kicked the, the better that mare yeah. got yeah so and he are... wasn't as big as he is now yeah lengthwise yeah. yeah she packed him around but he would also he'd also hang iron in her whenever he got the opportunity to do so so yeah those were kind of my list of of horses that have stuck out to me since i've started following cutting and the ncha and now you guys can send us your list too yeah 
Slide and we'll in our read DMs. them on the podcast. Yeah, we want to talk about your list. Comment like, on the post, maybe, if you feel like that's the easiest. Yeah, but we, I mean, I guarantee you there's some horses, like Cody mentioned, that I've never heard of that are cool. I mean, we'd love to hear some stories or or runs, cool runs that we would love to talk about or be brought to light because – I mean, there's tons of great horses out there, and for me, it was hard to... And all for different reasons, yeah, too. Yeah, exactly. I mean, two and out two, of the three of mine, don't I have to, to You don't have to name the four, four best horses of all time. Just four, the four best horses that either you had a connection to or you remember watching a lot of good runs uh, from that horse. Uh, just make it personal. Yeah. And horses, let us know reasons. Horses that made you want to cut. Yeah. Amen, right there. Well, that's, to me, it's kind of fun to think about and bring to light stuff like this just because, like, I hadn't thought about would he be lucky in, I mean, it hadn't been that long, but in a handful of years, I mean, but that was a cool horse. I mean, that was yeah. a fun oh, yeah. horse to watch work. Yeah. And- I remember when Don and Craig Crumpler were showing that horse in the age events before Dan bought him, and – he was cool. I mean, he could do some unreal stuff. And then Dan went went along with him and won a boatload of money in the non-pro and Mercurias and all that kind of stuff. So and I'd be interested to hear. I forgot as well. And yeah. that's what happens in this deal. Is yeah. We forget about these amazing horses that we remember like this. And I'd be interested to hear some of the West Coast horses just because as new as I am to the sport, I mean, there's thousands of horses that I guarantee you were unbelievable that never came out here or were way before my time that did come out here. I mean, Sandy Benelli is a prime example. I mean, I didn't even know much about her until I actually did some research and looked yeah. her up, and I'm like, damn. Like, before I started watching, like, this lady used to come out from California and take on everybody. everybody's money. <laughs> everybody. Everybody's money. Another living legend. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's just unreal. So we want to we wanna hear what you guys think, so – Please send us your list and tell us what you think. Well, that's going to do it for today's episode of the Section K podcast. Thanks so much for joining us today. Um, it's always fun to get into some of these favorite horse chats and always fun to recount some fun memories, kind of showing horses at the high school radio level or whatever facet it may be during the summertime. So thanks again for listening and be sure and follow us along on Facebook, Section K podcast on Instagram at Section K Podcast and shoot us an email if your heart so desires. Section K Pod at gmail.com. We'll see you guys down the road. Adios. Later.